Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning to you on this Thanksgiving Eve. How does Thanksgiving Eve differ for you from Christmas Eve? Preparations, plans, conversations with family, who's getting where and when will the meal be served, who's bringing what, how are we going to unwrap our conversations with one another? It is Thanksgiving Eve. We don't tend to think of this as a particularly religious holiday, and yet, it is. And so let me encourage you to reclaim some of that uh, on this Thanksgiving. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us count our blessings. Let us recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Let's recognize that there's going to be empty chairs at Thanksgiving tables tomorrow, and we need to prepare ourselves in advance not only for how we are going to respond to that, but how we are going to help others um, sit down at table fellowship together differently tomorrow for many, many people. Lots of folks not sitting down with their families. This will be the first time in her life that Eliana has not sat down at a Thanksgiving meal um, with, uh, with us because she's now working. And so we're going to my mom's, but Eliana's going to stay right here and She's not working on Thanksgiving, but she is working on Black Friday. And so lots of changes in lots of families. We just, you know, recognize that and acknowledge that and prepare our hearts um, in advance. I'm certainly giving thanks to the Lord for you today, um, thanking the Father for the opportunity that we have to bring the mind of Christ to bear every single day on what's going on in the world. So To that, let us turn our attention now on this uh, Wednesday, the 24th of November. The jury is now in its second day of deliberations in the uh, death uh, of Ahmaud Arbery in a coastal Georgia neighborhood. Ahmaud Arbery, 25-year-old black man, was running in uh, just outside of Brunswick, Georgia, Um, He was pursued. His life was taken, and a jury is now deliberating the fate of the three men involved. Um, So let's be praying for justice, and let's be praying for peace in the wake of whatever the jury determines. A sixth individual has died uh, in the aftermath of the parade. I don't even have a word for it. The AP is using the word crash. It's not really a parade crash, but that is the language uh, in the headline this morning. In Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin, the sixth person uh, to succumb to their injuries is a child. That family and the other families um, whose children are still in the hospital, three sibling sets still in the hospital in Waukesha, um, 
This is an eight-year-old boy became the sixth person to die yesterday as a result of an individual driving into the parade. Um, That person appeared in court yesterday for the first time. His name is Daryl Brooks, Jr. Um, The entire situation and scenario is absolutely heartbreaking, and it's difficult to know how to respond. Um, Our friend Daryl Crouch is actually familiar um, at some level with this kind of community grief. He has processed through similar grief in the community that he serves. And so he's going to join us next to to talk some about how we respond in our own community when something like this happens and certainly how we respond from afar and how we still give God thanks in the midst of all of it. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Daryl Crouch. He heads up an organization called Everyone's Wilson. He is also a pastor. Daryl, welcome back. Great to be with you, Carmen. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And so as we say that, we say that with voices and hearts um, and consciences tempered by grief, um, tempered by the events not only in Waukesha, Wisconsin, but the places across the country where you know, juries are deliberating the fate today of um, of others. I we are we feel like as uh, as people this year, there's more to wring our hands over um, than to give thanks for. So, can you just walk around with us in that mix of emotions? How do we how do we render Thanksgiving to God even in the midst of the challenges of the days in which we live? Well, it's a great question, and I think we all have to wake up every day, just like you've mentioned, and we have to ask those questions, and we have to deal with what's in front of us. And so, first of all, let me just say, um, I have great uh, respect for you and for your listeners, because um, we all face tragedies of different kinds, and what's happened in Wisconsin, what's happening in Atlanta, and um, is is uh, hi- highlights uh, some of the. Uh, and, and it's, it's a larger and more tragic circumstance, but nevertheless, um, uh, tr- my, my pain is tragic to me and where I'm at. And mm. so many of our listeners are dealing with uh, unexpected and uh, overwhelming tragedy today. And so uh, I don't want to miss that. And I think that's um, it's important uh, for us on a couple of levels. I, as I think through this, uh, Psalm 34 you know, uh, says many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers them from them all. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. He is near to us. And I say, I think as we wake up today and we begin uh, facing the news feed and we begin to face the own realities in our own lives, uh, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And he does rescue us and he does deliver us and he is our redeemer. I think also there is a, it's a really important for us to uh, learn how to lament well. That lament is a very important part of the Christian life. It's a very important part 
of walking in the victorious Christian life. And uh, if uh, sometimes we've um, we've conditioned ourselves to just kind of get over it or gloss over it or not sit in it. And so I think as we um, meet uh, people who are in uh, tragic circumstances, they've experienced death and loss uh, this year, as you've mentioned in the in the opening, uh, that we just learn to sit with those who are hurting and that we learn to sit in our own lament for a minute. Uh, I think uh, getting used to that. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about in the last few days is that again, is that Jesus did not come to redeem us from bad habits or from obnoxious behavior or from some sense of, you know, inferiority complex that we might have. He, he came to redeem an incredibly broken world. And um, the, the, the sinfulness of the world has incredible consequences. I know we're not quite to Christmas yet, but um, my favorite Christmas a song or hymn is a holy night, as it is for many people. And it and it begins with, with this lyric that long lay the world in sin and error pining. There there is a reality to what Jesus came to redeem us from that is, in essence, tragic, uh, and He is faithful in that. So I think to lament well, but then to let our theology inform us of the hope that's within us. And that this is not all there is, and this is not the end of the story, and that uh, Jesus' sacrifice and his redeeming work uh, is really enough. And then we allow our theology to inform our perspective and how we walk through tragedy. And so uh, I think it's easy for us to be filled with head knowledge and say, you know, I don't have to feel this pain. That's not true. And then it's also a risk that we say, um, I've, I feel this pain, therefore that's that's all there is. And so neither of those things are completely true. I think we have to to rest or to sit in the in the lament of it all, but then we stand in the uh, victory that is ours in Christ, and that uh, He is faithful to redeem us from this tragedy. Yeah, there's an Easter and Good Friday conversation to be had here for sure. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, there's there's this awful, horrific lament, and then there is this glorious celebration, and you can't you can't have the glory, you can't have the resurrection um, without the horrors of the crucifixion. And so I do think that it, we, we as Christians have a unique opportunity in the conversations of this day. Um, Daryl, let's take a very brief break. And when we come back, let's continue our conversation. We're talking about celebrating Thanksgiving while remembering those, uh, including ourselves, who are struggling um, with, with grief this year. Um, what are you struggling with this Thanksgiving? What are the things that are making it... Um, hard for you to genuinely render thanks to God. And then we're going to turn our attention to, you know, God's worthy of that, of that thanks and that praise, no matter what, in the midst of all circumstances. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Let all things now live in a song of thanksgiving to God the Creator, triumph. Continuing our conversation with our friend Daryl Crouch on this Thanksgiving Eve. 
Daryl, maybe some encouragement today um, for people who are going to gather together tomorrow um, with individuals who whom they know have experienced, um, you know, a particular loss in the last year. Um, doesn't even necessarily have to be in the last year, but recent enough that it still colors their, uh, you know, their ability to to render God thanks and thanksgiving. Um, I'm thinking about you know people who are going to sit down tomorrow. And at their table is going to be an empty chair. Um, um, just speak into that. Um, speak into that reality to that table fellowship tomorrow. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, we we give thanks by faith as well. You know, we we think of faith and we and, uh, as applied to a lot of different areas. But Thanksgiving is an is an act of faith that we believe that God is faithful. And that we believe that despite what our circumstances may look like or beyond what our circumstances may look like, we trust him with this moment. We trust him with empty chairs. We trust him with unmet expectations. We met, we trust him with, um, with plans this year that did not work out very well. And we trust him with that loss. And so Thanksgiving is not, uh, again, a glossing over of our circumstances and bucking up with a good attitude today. Uh, Thanksgiving is, again, sitting in our circumstances and looking around and saying, you know, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. I think the the psalmist was so um, uh, faithful to remind us that my circumstances do not inform my my thanksgiving. Uh, my mm-hmm. thanksgiving is um, is a is an outflow of my confidence that the Lord is at work. And I think pastorally, we 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 can run past that and say, hey, you know, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Romans eight twenty eight, and that is so true. And we need to get there as quickly as we can. But I think. Um, in these moments, we we just pastorally and just in friendship want to say, listen, this hurts really bad. This is very difficult. Um, but our eyes turn to Jesus, who is our hope. And, and so Thanksgiving is a real act of faith as well. And it's a discipline of faith, not only on a day like tomorrow, but uh, every day. So uh, I just want to speak a word here to David, who has uh, texted our precious four-month-old granddaughter died in June this year. It was so strange and unexpected. Um, David, we're family. We just recognize and acknowledge, um, first of all, you're not alone in your grief. We're grieving with you. Um, you're, you're not alone um, in your experience. We're grieving alongside others who are going to face an empty high chair, an empty chair um, of another variety, Tomorrow, people have experienced so much loss in this year, and um, and yet we want to be the people of faith who very, very quickly acknowledge God is good. I remember the first Thanksgiving that my mom and my sister and I, you know, sat down, and my dad was not in the chair where he was supposed to be. Right, the first Thanksgiving without whoever that person is who, in you know, in your experience, is supposed to be there and isn't. Um, and we we just became very intentional about. Um, sharing memories, uh, being sure that we included that person in 
uh, our conversations and in our celebration, we did not ignore the fact that there was an absence. We went ahead and lamented that and we celebrated him and we gave thanks to God for all the fun we'd had over the years and all the shared memories. And, um, and I would just encourage you to do that. If you're, uh, if there's a newly empty chair this year, a newly empty high chair, set it in the midst of the table fellowship and don't, don't fail to acknowledge the reality of the loss. It's real. It's going to be, it's going to be in the room, whether or not you put it there physically or not. And if you put it there physically, it gives you an opportunity to turn everyone's intentional um, focus to it, to lament, to celebrate, to give thanks to God um, and, and to pray. Yeah. No. And I think that's so good, Carmen. And and to, to be okay with laughter and tears in the same conversation, in the same dinner table, uh, that we mm-hmm. become comfortable with uh, rejoicing and grieving uh, with the same breath sometimes. And that um, these aren't Again, we're not trying to create a moment that is not true. I think to be genuine and authentic about what is happening uh, around the table today, that we grieve, but we don't grieve without hope. We we give thanks, but not uh, because we're overlooking the pain, but because we're uh, looking to Jesus in the pain. And we can smile at the future, although... Um, the last um, recent past has been very difficult. And so I think we, we, we can settle in and become comfortable with rejoicing and with grieving uh, in the same conversation. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so, it's so helpful. All right. So let's, um, let's pivot here briefly to your holiday plans. Uh, I have been talking this week about, you know, people's favorite sides and people's, you know, favorite pies and whether or not you're a Cool Whip or Real Whipped Cream person and all those kinds of things. Um, let's do this today. Let's give thanks. So um, what makes your litany of Thanksgiving this year? Well, we sent a, we have a group text in our family called FamBam. And so uh, the FamBam text went out yesterday. We don't text every day, but uh, usually there's somebody on there every day. So yeah, we had a we had a big year. This was we are super in light of all that we've talked about this morning, in light of news feeds and all the events. We've just had a super year, and um, of course, I made a big transition uh, with uh, our nonprofit, and that's been uh, exciting. But um, we've had um, two of our kids leave the nest, uh, one for their job, and the other got married. We had a wonderful wedding in September, and uh, so welcomed a new son-in-law into the into the house. And so there's um, a lot of movement that's happened in our family. And so this is really the first Thanksgiving that people have come home for the holiday. They've usually already been at home. Mm. And so, so this will be a, a new thing. We'll have three adult children who are coming in or who will be coming over. We still have a 15 year old at home, but um, so we're pretty excited about the the adult kids coming. You know, they've started driving. I've already gotten a text this morning. So um, they'll start their trek from one from New Orleans and one from Conway, Arkansas. And then another that got married this summer is in our area. So um, we're, we're pretty excited about having them all over to the house tomorrow. Let's um, let's pray mm-hmm. travel mercies upon your family um, and all those who are going to be traveling this holiday weekend, um, 
Daryl, thank you as always so much for joining us. We love the fellowship we have with you. Blessings on your family in this uh, in this first Thanksgiving. Um, you know this this homecoming Thanksgiving and all of the reasons and cause for giving thanks. Um, we certainly include you among those for whom we are giving thanks this year um, at Faith Radio. So thank you, brother. That's so mutual, Carmen. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving as well. And that uh, thanks for bringing some of these important things uh, to bear during the holidays. It's really important. Well, thank you, brother. All right, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. All have kids up there. Starting to see my grandfather in my nephew's eye. All right, have you gotten your recipe cards out? Okay, actually, you probably should have gotten your recipe cards out before you went to the grocery, and hopefully you've been to the grocery because today is not the day to try to do that. So if you um, haven't yet been to the grocery and you're planning on doing that today, I'm, I'm like seriously praying for you. That's going to be an adventure. Um, recipe cards. So one of the joys of this time of year is, uh, is getting my grandma Robina Benefield's recipe cards out and then thinking through how we need to adapt those recipes for the way we eat today versus the way that, you know, the supplies she had available and the things that she thought you might include in things. So um, ex- really excited. I know that my mom has already made her somewhat infamous uh, cranberry jello salad thing. What's in yours? Because everybody's are different. Uh, the word salad is an interesting word to use for something that is sweet and has pineapple and cranberries and all kinds of other goodness. Whipped cream, right? Okay. Not that I'm trying to, you know, drag you into a Cool Whip debate, but there you go. Um, What's on the recipe card? And have you gathered those ingredients? Um, Do you, do you remember? I remember my grandma when I'm making um, some of these things. And uh, so anyway, what what are the memories that flood forward? We're going to talk about the ingredients and a recipe for Thanksgiving, um, really in terms of how we prepare ourselves, how we prepare ourselves to be in community with other people, maybe even with people with whom we disagree. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. In more than 30 years of working with families, I've seen a lot of overprotective parents. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Moms commonly spoil and dote over their children. It's pretty normal for mothers to baby their sons through the elementary school years. As a son moves on to middle school, it's appropriate to protect him from bullies. However, by the time he turns 14 and becomes a young man, it's time to let him look after his own interest. During the teen years, too many parents, moms especially, don't want to let go. Hey, it won't be easy to back off, but smothering your teenage son will surely backfire. Show your love for your son in a new way. Let him grow into an independent, mature adult. Want to bring Mark to your church or community? Find out how to request an event in your area when you visit parentingtodaysteens.org.
All right, this is your opportunity to uh, share some words of thanksgiving with me. So if we were going to go around our family table here this morning, um, I would probably be serving up cinnamon rolls. And um, let's see, Randy and Jeannie would be, uh, what do you bring in here, Randy and Jeannie? Um, they're going to bring grandma's recipe recipe for, I'm going to probably mispronounce this. Potica, Potica, P-O-T-I-C-A. It's apparently a breakfast bread. It looks delicious. Um, They're up early this morning cooking their wild rice to put in their stuffing, which, of course, none of the rest of us are making wild rice stuffing. But there you go. It sounds delicious. Um, All right, so what would we be talking about? What are the recipes we'd be swapping around the table this morning if we were having brunch together And what are the words of Thanksgiving we'd be offering up? I would be absolutely looking you square in the eye um, and lifting my coffee cup and blessing the Lord that we have the opportunity to do this together every day. Um, I, I am so thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful for Paul and his amazing um, production of this show. I'm thankful for Ryan, whom God has brought onto our team this year. I'm thankful for Ben, who is uh, a part of this, um, unseen to you, but seen frequently by uh, by Paul and I. We're so thankful for Neil Stavum. Um, we are, I mean, there's just so many people. This list would go on and on and on and on if I named every person behind the scenes who makes this possible every single day, including you. And so I am, I am thankful. Um, there are thousands of people who contribute their prayers, their financial resources, their gifts, talents, and abilities to making this happen. And I am so thankful. Um, I am thankful to God for my family, for the gift of a believing husband, for the gift of encouragement I have every single day um, in, in my marriage. It's just I feel so blessed. I'm blessed to still have my mom um, and my sweet stepdad, Ron, and um, prayers of thanksgiving arising for my sister and for her kids and for my kids and for the way God supplies for our needs um, in unusual ways sometimes. I mean, on and on and on. My prayers of thanksgiving, um, then I would say, you know, I want to be quick to not forget those intangible Tangible intangibles, right? The gifts of God, the things for which I am thankful because of the overflow of God's grace in my life. Like I am thankful for, I've told you this before, I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked. Like I am so thankful for prayer that in, in any moment I can consciously turn my attention in the direction of God And because of Jesus, I can enter into the very throne room, to the very presence of the living God, and find myself before him with open hands and a full heart, um, with prayers acknowledging that he's able to do what I am not, and asking him to intercede, and asking him for mercy and blessings and grace and the extension of his power in the lives of others. I I get to lift you up in prayers of supplication and say, God, this precious person needs you. They need to feel you today. They need to know that you're present, that you're with them, that you're for them, that you care, that they're seen, that you love them. Like that, I am so thankful. It's such an honor to get to be in God's presence on behalf of one another and physically hold you up 
before God, who loves you so much more than I do. I mean, I love you a lot, but not like God does. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He has poured out all sufficient grace for the meeting not only of your needs today, but your eternal needs. I mean, prayers of thanksgiving. Prayers of thanksgiving. Even when the resources of this life that we have available to us may seem meager. um, Wow. The grace of God is so much more. It's so much more. The peace of Christ, which passes all understanding. Um, the, the ability to understand the Word of God, apprehend it, comprehend it, because we're possessed of the Spirit of God? How, how great is that? How great is our God? All right, I wrote down a whole um, recipe for tomorrow. <clears throat> so I haven't turned to that yet. So I got, I'm going to turn to that. Here are, I've, I've come up with five ingredients and a recipe for Thanksgiving. So uh, get your recipe cards out and uh, write down these five ingredients. There might be, okay, so my family knows this. I don't really follow recipe cards. So I started writing this saying there were five ingredients, and I then didn't actually go back and read it to see that there are five. So I have no idea if I'm going to lose count in the midst of this, so just bear with me. I know it starts with prayer and, and preparation in advance, adv- advanced preparation. So this is sort of the make your list and go to the grocery store part of the conversation. But it's not make a list and go to the grocery store. It's pray and prepare in advance. So I, um, I offer this up because there's just a lot of people wringing their hands about how stressful they think Thanksgiving is going to be because people are going to, you know, it's all going to be divisive and people are going to, you know, want to be talking about the things that divide us, um, you know, politically for the most part, but also morally. And so pray and prepare in advance. So here is a thought for you. Pray by name for each person you know is going to be there. Pray by name for each person you know is going to be there, wherever there is, wherever you're going tomorrow or whoever's coming over to your house. Uh, Pray by name for each person who you know is going to be there. I like to actually do this sitting at my dining room table visualizing the person, praying for them by name. Um, Part of that is preparing my heart to be a good hostess. Um, We won't be at my table tomorrow. We're going to be at my mom's table. So I'm trying to, I'm like visualizing in advance. All right. So I know what the room looks like. I know what the table, where the table is. I know the people who are going to be sitting around the table. I am praying by name in advance for each person who's going to be there. I am praying that I would be discerning. I'm praying God's spirit over the house where we're going to gather. I'm praying travel mercies on the routes that people are going to take to get there. I'm praying that my pies make it intact, right? Um, I am praying for the fellowship and the opportunity that God's going to give me to serve him, to represent him, to represent him at that table fellowship. I mean, what if we prayed to be the person of peace, governed by God. What if we prayed that Christ would be made known among us in the breaking of the bread? What if we, every time we laid hold of a piece of bread tomorrow, just pray, just pray a silent prayer, right? Just take that bread in your hands, 
It might be on your bread plate. It might be um, a, a common loaf that you're actually going to have the opportunity to break at some point. And I mean, I mean, I mean, actually, like visualize and pray a silent prayer. You know, bring Luke 24 into the forefront of your mind, the walk to Emmaus, and say, say to yourself and to God, God, make Christ known in the breaking of this bread and the sharing of this table fellowship. You might be surprised what God does. All right, more of my ingredients and recipe for Thanksgiving up next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. All right, now I'm hungry. Uh, Caroline uh, is offering up the recipe for stuffing. It includes wild rice, rye bread, leeks, dried cherries, apples, sausage. Oh, my goodness. The stuffing, I I just think that we could have like a stuffing bar sometime. Like, right, all of the varieties of delicious ways that people put stuffing or dressing. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, leave you out if you're a dressing person and not a stuffing person. It's all the same. Okay, it's all the same. Um, here is uh, the the follow-on. All right. So the first ingredient, which is really two, but I think I'm counting it as one, is pray and prepare in advance. So there's your pray and prepare in advance. So as you gather, look for opportunities to serve others. I think that's item number two. Look for opportunities to serve other people. So my um, my strategy here is to actually put on an apron or grab a dish, a dish towel. Now, why? Because that actually is like this physical, tangible reminder that I'm going to be Jesus-y. I am going to be the Jesus person at this event. I am going to serve. I am going to get up from the table, and I am not going to take off my garment, but I am going to put on... Uh, an apron or a towel, and I am going to serve, all right? Let me just say that if you need to remove yourself from a room tomorrow, a room that you could go to um, and make yourself busy in would be the kitchen at the uh, sink. There's always something to wash on Thanksgiving. So be that person, be that guy, be that girl. Put on an apron, grab a dish towel. Jesus got up from the table and he served. Maybe that's a clue for us. It's also a clue that Jesus ate with sinners, and so do we, and so do those who eat with us. So humility is the third ingredient here. Humility. Listening with grace. Okay, maybe those are three practices, humility, listening, and grace. Maybe those, let's talk about those three as practices for tomorrow. This isn't about having ideas in our head. This is about walking out our faith. So humility is not something you think. It's something that you do. Listening is something that you do. Grace is actually something that you do. You extend grace to more and more people. You pass on to others what we in turn have also received. So what does it look like tomorrow on Thanksgiving, throughout the Thanksgiving weekend, throughout the holidays ahead? Frankly, these are good practices for all of life, every day. Humility, listening, and grace. Um, my strategy in the listening category is to is just three words. Three words. Tell me more. Tell me more. Your listening strategy for tomorrow can just be to say to other people, huh, tell me more. That's interesting. Tell me more. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way. Tell me more. You have a clear perspective on this. Tell me more. None of those say, I agree with you. 
they all say, I'm interested in you. Tell me more. And then I want you to think about grace as a practice. I, I think we often imagine that grace is a thing that we receive as opposed to something that we have learned from God and put into practice in our relationships with one another. So I think that grace says, I love you. And I know I don't know everything that there is to know about you. And so I don't, I don't know the circumstances of your childhood. I don't know why Thanksgiving is so stressful for you. I don't know the traumas you've endured. I don't know the fears that arise. I don't know your social anxieties. I don't know why you're sad that our stuffing has sausage in it and the one you were raised with didn't. But I get it. And I'm going to allow space for you to be yourself. And I am going to pass along to you what I have received from God. And that is grace. Allow for some space tomorrow for grace. As you enter into the conversations, um, look for common ground. So, and not just any common ground, not like, hey, we're unified in opposition to this person. No, 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 not that kind of common ground. The common ground um, that's good and edifying. So, you know, conversations about family is a good starting place, but it does occur to me that not everyone at the table will literally have been there when you are rehearsing, you know, the family stories of the past. So be sure you fold them in, you know, like egg whites into your waffle batter. Um, Fold them in gently into the family story. Be sure that they know enough of the details to, uh, you know, to bring Uncle Oscar to mind and the shenanigans he used to pull at Thanksgiving, whatever, right? The remember, remember when conversations can be great. They can also be really isolating. So you have to retell the stories with the people who weren't there in mind. We also need to retell stories that edify and don't disparage. I mean, humor at the expense of someone else is actually not funny. So let's be sure that we're telling truthful, edifying, good stories um, if we're going to be talking about um, our family, past or present. And then um, ask questions that benefit everybody. Now, they could be, they could be questions that you already know the answers to. I mean, Jesus asked questions not because he didn't know, but because he wanted to get people thinking and talking. So ask questions, some of which you already know the answers to, but you're really trying to right, provide good fodder for conversation. I've given you, I think, my fruit bowl idea, which is that um, among the other things on the, on the table that you're going to pass around tomorrow, you're going to pass around a bowl that has slips of paper in it. And on those slips of paper are written words, edifying words. Toss them together. Put them on different colored paper, like make it festive. Each person draws out a word and talks about it. So whatever word you draw out of the bowl, you talk about it. Love. Talk about that. I don't, it's not like I have in mind in advance the story you're going to tell or the, or, or the event you're going to share. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, resilience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, perseverance, hope, faith, answered prayer, miracle. I mean, whatever. Put words on slips of paper and pass the fruit salad Around at some point during the meal, let people draw out a word and just ask them to talk about the word. Talk about that word. Yes, obviously, you can also do the, um, you know, let, what are we giving thanks for? I just think that you have to maybe provoke that beyond 
the normal list. And so maybe you type up a list in advance of things that you're thankful for or thankful words or whatever. And then you ask people to consider the words on the list and maybe focus in on one. Um, Place cards. Put their name on one side, leave a blank space on the other, set a pen or a pencil there. You can invite people to write down um, their word for the year past, a word that characterizes the year that's gone behind us, or a a, a word that they want to have characterize uh, the season that we're in now. You could do, depending on who's there, a where in the word conversation, right? Um, Where in the world have you been this year is a good conversation. Where in the word have you been this year is another kind of conversation. Obviously, that's one just for Christians. All right, you see my list, right? Don't miss the opportunity to pray. I like to pray open-eyed around the table. Now, you have to prepare in advance if you're going to do this, and you have to be the prayer, all right? So um, don't miss the opportunity to say grace, to say grace, to speak words of grace over people. That's what saying grace is. Give thanksgiving to God. We are returning thanks and giving. Oh, wait, let me say this again. We are returning thanks and saying grace. Think about your prayer tomorrow as returning thanks and saying grace. And then again, let's be sure we invite God to make Christ known in and among us through the breaking of the bread. All right, we got to take one more brief break. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. Okay, um, a couple more things for tomorrow. Reframe questions. Okay, that's what Jesus did, right? People would ask a question and then he would reframe the question. He actually draw, drew attention to himself when, uh, when there was something uncomfortable going on. Um, and he, um, he changed the subject pretty, pretty frequently. Um, he also served. So let's have that be a top of mind tomorrow. You can actually change the direction of the conversation or the discourse by reframing the question, telling a story. Jesus often turned to parables, um, but he also physically sometimes got up and did something. So what might that look like for you to just stand up um, at the table and say, all right, you know, who wants dessert? Who wants coffee? Who wants to help me uh, in the kitchen? Um, Who wants to go for a walk? Who wants to watch a game? Who wants to play a game? Who wants to put a puzzle together? You get the idea here, right? Prepare in advance. Um and think through what's available and be the person who listens well um, and, you know, and the person who gets up to serve. All right. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. We have another hour up next. Adam Holtz is going to join us. We're going to talk about holiday films, but then I've got Mitch Album. Yep. I know. Yes. The one and only Mitch Album. We're going to talk about two new books he has out. And- Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.